Matthew chapter 8. If you're all there, say, woo. Woo. That was good. Verse 1. When he had come down from the mountain, great multitudes followed him. And behold, a leper came and worshipped him, saying, Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. Then Jesus put out his hand and touched him, saying, I am willing, be cleansed. Immediately his leprosy was cleansed. And Jesus said to him, See that you tell no one, but go your way. Show yourself, it was good, but now I lost it. Uh, Sorry, that's not in the scripture. (laughs) Hallelujah. She gone. Let's continue on. Jesus didn't have a microphone or a sound system. But then again, his voice is the sound of many waters. So, see, did you tell no one? Oh, thank you, Jesus. It's back. That's not in the scripture either. All right. Here we go. See that you shall know him, but go your way. Show yourself to the priest and offer the gift Moses commanded as a testimony to them. Verse 5. Everybody say verse 5. Now when Jesus entered Capernaum, a centurion came to him pleading with him, saying, Lord, my servant is lying at home paralyzed, dreadfully tormented. That ought to be a key right there. And Jesus said to him, I will come and heal him. And the centurion said, Lord, I am unworthy that you should come under my roof. But only speak a word. Everybody say, speak a word. word. And my servant will be healed. For I also am a man under authority, having soldiers under me. And I say to this one, go, and he goes. To another, come, and he comes. And to my servant, do this, and he does it. And when Jesus heard this, he marveled and said to those who followed, Assuredly, I say to you, I have not found such great faith, not even in Israel, And I say to you that many will come from the east and west and sit down with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob in the kingdom of heaven. But the sons of the kingdom will be cast out into outer darkness, and there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Then Jesus said to the centurion, Go your way, and as you have believed, so let it be done for you. Let's, Let's say that out loud. Go your way, and as you have believed, so let it be done for you. And his servant was healed from that same hour. Verse 14, just a few more verses. Now when Jesus had come to Peter's house, he saw his wife's mother, his mother-in-law, laying sick with a fever. So he touched her hand, and the fever left her, and she arose and served them. And when evening had come, they brought him many who were demon-possessed, and he cast out spirits with a word, and healed all who were sick, that it might be fulfilled what was spoken by Isaiah the prophet, saying, he himself took our infirmities and bore our sicknesses. Let's pray. Father, thank you for the amazing service. Those online, those here under the sound of my voice, those that will listen even at a later date, we lift our voice before you and we ask that you would release your power tonight. At the end now in the close of this fast, that you would release your power to heal the sick and set the captives free. We give notice tonight against demon power, addiction, the spirit of suicide, torment, illness, infirmity. We declare that your power is broken by the name and the blood of Jesus. And we proclaim 
your freedom in this house. And even as I'm preaching, I pray that your healing power would come upon those that are in need of a miracle tonight. That you would free those who are tormented. And that you would be glorified in everything that's said and done. We thank you. And we praise you. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. Every book in the Bible, when I say book, I mean Matthew is, is considered a book. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John are the four gospels, or the four books of the gospels. Every one of them has a theme. The theme of Matthew's gospel is that Jesus is the king of the kingdom. Now, we do have notes for you, which we did not do this morning, but we'll do tonight. Because I believe that if you'll take this and go preach it to somebody else, having learned it and received impartation, not only instruction, remember, we want to learn about God's word, but we don't want it to stay in our head. It's got to be actuated. It, it, instruction's wonderful, but we want impartation that changes the human heart. Only God can change the human heart. And that is our goal tonight, that you would be imparted to by the power of God's word and his spirit. And that at the end, the completion not only of tonight, but that you'd be healed, but more than that, you would go and be a healer. You would go and be mightily used. The Bible says that these signs will follow them that believe. Are there any believers in here? All right, there's four or five. If you have not given your life to Jesus, I implore you on Christ's behalf to be reconciled to him because there really is a place called hell. There really are demons, and they do come to torment, steal, kill, destroy. John 10 and 10 declares that. The devil is a liar, and when he's lying to you, he speaks his native language. And there's so many things out there vying for your attention to pull you into the world, to pull you into the things of darkness. And when time is over, when time is complete, and your life is done, and be reminded, first of all, that man is given but one life to live, and after that, the judgment. And when time is done, the decision that you've made for or against Christ will be counted for you, and the forgiveness of your sin and a warm welcome into the kingdom of God or against you and that your sin would remain having rejected the only thing that can save you, which is the blood of Jesus. The Bible says without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness of sin. So Jesus became sin for you and for me by faith, a confident assurance of what we cannot see. That which happened 2,000 years ago Jesus died on a cross and rose again. And when you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth, as the Apostle Paul said, that Jesus is Lord, you shall be saved. It says in the book of Acts that all who call upon the Lord shall be saved. In John 3, I'm off script. In John 3, it talks about being born again. You must be born again. And at the cross of Calvary, which purchased for you and me, our salvation, but not just our salvation and forgiveness of sin, but your healing also, as Isaiah 53 was just quoted. And we'll look at that here if the Lord will allow us to get into the message in the text. But you must be born again. It's not some little club that you join and you go to. I mean, this is a cool club. I mean, I, I just love our church family. But what makes it cool, what makes it awesome is Jesus and his power, his spirit. I was talking to one of, our, one of our people that just got baptized, and they said, man, when I came in here, 
It's about Christmas. Man, my kids got gifts. I felt like I joined some family, and I just love coming here. And his face just said it all. You need a church family. You need to find a home church. But more than that, if you just go to church and never become born again, never make a decision for Jesus, you will still split hell wide open. We had powerful baptisms tonight. But the truth is, if you never give your life to Jesus and you get baptized, you're still going to split hell wide open. Baptism doesn't get you saved. It's an outward sign of what took place on the inside, similar to a wedding band. You must be born again. This isn't some cute little church game we're playing. What you feel in here is not just, you know, it's not some little religious thing. There really is a heaven. There really is a hell. My ushers, would you close that back door for me, please? There really is. And you've got to make a decision tonight. And in the same way as we look at this text, in the same way that you gave your heart to Jesus, you believed on him, and he came into your life, you repented of your sin, you asked him to forgive you for every wrong you've ever done, and the same way that you did that is the same way that you get healed. It's by faith, and you enter in and receive. God's going to heal people tonight. By the end of this service, I'll give an opportunity to get right with Christ. When that time comes, don't hesitate. Don't wait. I'll give you an opportunity to maybe lift your hand and pray a prayer and sincerely become born again. What's astounding to me is that as many places as I've visited and online and listened to services, rarely will you hear a clarity of the gospel. I just gave it to you really simple. It's so simple that people have to complicate it to make it, I don't know, like it's complicated. It's not complicated. You sinned, you know you did, you lied, you stole, you cheated, and because of that you're separated from God. So God bridged a gap that you could not bridge. He reached even while we were yet sinners. He reached across and he died for you and me. And when we believe in our heart that Jesus died on a cross and rose again from the grave and we sincerely ask him with the measure of faith that we have that he would come into our life, it is then that you become born again. If you can't remember when you were born again, you might not be. And so when that moment comes at the end of the service tonight, or whenever I do that, give your life to Christ because it could be the very last service you ever sit in and ever hear it like that. The devil may say, I'm not ready. Yeah, the devil makes sure you're never ready. See, I got to get my ducks in a row. I'm, I'm waiting for my ship to come in. Your ship duck, your ship sank and somebody shot your ducks. You need to come, you need, hello. You need to come to Jesus tonight. You know you, you need help. There's a number of people that need to get saved tonight. Let's look at this text. Jesus is the king of the kingdom. Fill your notes in as we move along. And the power of the kingdom is put on display, these miracles that we see. A leper comes, worshiping him. That's, that's amazing. Lord, if you're willing, you can make me clean. Most people realize that God can do anything. Come on, say God can do anything. God can do anything, but many people don't realize that he not only can do anything, he wants to. He wants to heal you. He made a way for you where there was no way. He brings streams in the desert. He makes the wilderness a pool. He brings healing to you and me through his stripes, 39 stripes on his back. The leper comes, and I think Jesus identified with the leper's condition here. A leper in this day and hour, when this was written, the first century, would be ostracized from his entire family. 
If you had leprosy, you no longer are at home with your mom, your dad, your brothers and your sisters, or maybe your children. Can you imagine being yanked from your home? You don't get to touch your kids ever again. You get brought and put into a leper colony outside in a place where nobody would then get that, what's called Hansen's disease is another way of saying that. I pastored on the island of Molokai, and they had a leper colony there. It's still there. And some of the folks that were, now, you know, thank God they found healing through medicine and different things. But in this case, Jesus brought the miracle to the, the, the leper. And Molokai Kalapapa is what it was called. They would gather people that they thought maybe had leprosy. And they, I mean, really, they had any kind of like, it was really like an epidemic and some people went and they didn't have leprosy, but they soon got it. And they were put on boats and they would come near Kalapapa and they would kick them off. They wouldn't even bring the boats in. They made them swim. And if you could make the swim in, and quite a swim it was, then you could live there on Kalapapa. It was a Catholic priest that gave himself to ministering to all of those people. They started the church down there and they really had a bit of a revival. That Catholic priest eventually got Hansen's disease, and uh, died of that. In this day that we read this, this leper hadn't had anybody touch him because you couldn't touch a leper. Oh, but Jesus could. It's been proven that babies in neonatal intensive care unit, they recover much faster with human touch. Isn't that right? Nurse Jan, Minister Jan. We spend a lot of time with our babies in neonatal intensive care. We sang to them. In fact, Hannah, we had, a, we had our favorite cassette tape. It wasn't eight track, but it was a cassette. Back in the day, I got saved. We were done with eight track tapes by then, but this was a cassette tape. And we put the cassette tape and we gave special orders to the nurses in the neonatal intensive care unit. Let this play all the time. And when it's done, turn it over and play it again. And here are some extra batteries. Of course, we were there, but, you know, we would leave and go get rest and that kind of thing and come back. And we had a constant flow of the power of God through music resting over my daughter. It's no wonder she's a worshiper. Jesus identified with the leper's condition. Lepers would have, to, would have to holler, unclean, unclean. When they would walk, they would yell out unclean so people can get away from them. But not Jesus. Jesus reached out and touched him. What the leper did, it came worshiping him. The leper came worshiping him. It's really an acknowledgement of him being the Messiah, Mashiach, Jesus, the Christ. Came worshiping him. And Jesus received his worship. And he believed that Jesus could heal him, Lord, if, if you're willing. Lord, if you're willing, you can make me clean. He believed, he had faith that he could be healed. I don't know if you have faith tonight that you can be healed, but the truth is, even if you don't, I do, and that's good enough. Faith has always got to be present when there's healing. Sometimes it's the faith of the person. Other times it's the faith of the minister. Other times there's corporate faith. There's a lot of different recipes, if you will, for bringing the healing power of God. And what did Jesus do? Let's, what did Jesus do? He, he had compassion on him. Compassion is one of the keys for miracles and healing. Compassion, not sympathy. Sympathy is you feel bad for somebody. Compassion is you actually feel what they feel. 
Sympathy, sympathy might be, oh, that's so sad. Compassion moves you to action. In fact, the very word compassion in the Greek, it, it, it's, it's partnered with, it means action. It's, 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 a, it's a, a, a grief and a sorrow that does something about it. it. It feels what people feel. Come on, and Jesus was moved with compassion, and he, he touched him, and he commanded him to be clean. He spoke, he said, be clean. It's one of the keys to healing, is to speak to whatever the condition and command that thing to go. I preached this morning, and if you didn't get a hold of that message, it's, it'll be uploaded on YouTube soon. It's available on Facebook. I talked about faith to change the world. Once you understand what God's will is, you take that thing and ram it right down the devil's throat. And I'm going to tell you that healing is part of the birthright of a believer. It is part, it's, it's the children's bread, if I could say it that way. Healing is for you, for me, tonight right now and any other time you need it in your home when somebody perhaps gets sick you drive that thing out with prayer you lay hands on them and see them recover healing is the will of God I want you to say that healing is the will of God he said well how come everybody doesn't get healed I don't know I mean I could I could maybe look at some reasons sin is one reason lack of faith is another reason and then there's just a mystery of it you know, it's just because somebody maybe died believing God to get healed of their cancer. Don't you point your finger or look down your nose at them. We don't understand everything. I just know this. I know plainly from Scripture that in heaven, there are no more tears. That in heaven, there is no sickness. That in heaven, there is no disease in heaven. And so when it says, you know, our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on as it is in How is it in heaven? How is it right now? Are there sick people dying of cancer? The answer is absolutely, positively, no. So we don't understand it, but we contend for the whole enchilada. Does anybody like enchiladas? We contend for the fullness of God's power, complete healing, complete wholeness deliverance and you see all who came to Jesus are healed in this text and verse 4 he, he healed the, the leper completely wow go your way show yourself to the priest as a testimony to them wow the centurion comes to Jesus the centurion is coming on behalf of his servant he's a pagan He's a Roman. He's not a Jew. He's a Gentile. There's two types, Jews, Gentiles. Those are the two types in Scripture. He's not a Jew. He's a Gentile. And the centurion is called really great faith. In fact, Jesus marvels at, at this faith that he has. I mean, he's in shock. And the centurion, this great faith, he simply asked Jesus to speak the word. Because he understood authority. Would you hold in your hand, whether it be on an electronic device or in a leather-bound Bible like I have tonight? The question is this, who is the ultimate authority in your life? Because if God's word is not the ultimate authority in your life, you're going to have a problem. We don't believe that God's word is an ambiguous blend and a mixture of suggestions. There are commands, responsibilities, promises, the Word of God 
is a lamp unto our feet and a light upon our path. The word of God will change you, change your mind, change your situation. God sends forth his word, Isaiah 55 and verse 11, and it doesn't return void. And when you get God's word over a situation, some of you don't spend any time in the word. Do word studies. If you have a problem with your speech, with your mouth, get in the word of God and do a study on speech. Do a study on the word, your words. James, the power of speech, the power of the tongue, life and death. I mean, that's incredible. I've told you the story before, but my father-in-law, when he was in his 50s, gave his life to Christ. And after that, he kept saying, by the time I'm 60, I'll be dead. You know, I have, I have such a conviction about this that I don't even like telling the story. Because I don't like the words coming out of my own mouth. But for illustration and impartation purposes, let your mouth line up with God's promises. Oh, beloved Jack, who's in heaven right now, because guess what happened? When he was 60, he died. Some of you are saying, oh, what a miserable year. Oh, it's never good. Yeah, you're right, on every occasion. Miserable, horrible year. Welcome to the miserable, horrible year club. I'm not going to be in the club. You can be by yourself because I'm going to have a great year. I'm going to see God pour out his spirit. I'm going to see people healed and whole and the captives set free. I'm going to see his kingdom expanded. We're going to move into our new building. God's going to see that thing happen. We'll have a mortgage baby this year burning. We'll burn the more. Hey, come on. What's God going to do this year for you? You see, who, who is the ultimate authority in your life? My mom. Good. I'm so glad mom and dad are the ultimate authority. And hopefully they're under the submission of God's word and God's kingdom bringing and teaching you truth. The, the, the centurion understood, had a revelation of authority. A lot of people don't. And he understood that all Jesus needed to do, you don't even need to come. I'm not worthy you come over to my house. Just say it and it'll be done. That's amazing. He understood authority, recognized Jesus' authority. Great faith. Listen to me. Great faith is linked to understanding authority. If you do not understand authority, you will not walk in great faith. This is God's word. Hallelujah. Our ultimate authority. And what the centurion believed would take place, I, I love that part. As you believe, may it be done unto you. Wow. I love it and I hate it because it puts some responsibility on me. According to your faith may be done unto you. So he believed that his servant would rise and be healed, right? What if he believed that, you know, maybe would live a little longer? Where's your faith at? Now, there's been a lot of abuse about faith. Well, that person didn't get healed because you had a lot. Shut up. Read my white lips. Shut up. <laughs> you don't know what anybody's been through. You don't know the burden they bear. You, we just don't know. We need to have compassion. Don't try to analyze someone's lack of miracles, you ugly thing. Don't do that. Don't be a Pharisee, a Sadducee, a couldn't see. Well, they didn't have any. Shut up. Say it. Ready? One, two, three. Shut 
Yeah, now if God shows you something and speaks to you and you're convicted, well, great. And But even then, you can get under condemnation. Well, the devil, if you had faith. Listen, I had a baby that was born, lived about 15 minutes and died. I will tell you that I preached on miracles. I studied miracles. I, I mean, I was so, I did a whole series on miracle signs and wonders, and we had all kinds of signs and wonders. And yet, when my child came out, very deformed. And they say, well, don't, don't be moved by what you see. I had done a couple 21-day fasts during those eight months that Karen carried our son, our first son, who went to heaven. We fasted and prayed and preached and prophesied and declared the will of God, the plan of God. They told us you need to abort that baby. We said you're not God. And so she carried that child. And when that beautiful boy came out, we realize we have a, not a little bit of a problem. We have a major problem. Oh, God, I remember holding my son and just thinking, oh, Jesus. I closed my eyes and just felt that faith rise up that I've been preparing for that moment because I believed that that baby came out deformed and wasn't going to live, that when I laid hands on that baby that everything would come together. That's what I believed. And so, you know, they say, Mr. Bracken, here, please come with us. Let's wash your son up. I said, give me my boy. They said, no, we're going to wash. I said, no, we're not. You know, they're trying to be kind. You know, you have a very deformed child. He's missing the whole back portion of his head. Normal body, very small head. Something's radically wrong. I said, give me my baby. And so they said, um, uh, yes, sir. And so I, there I stand. I said, oh, God, I closed my eyes, and I lifted my voice in that delivery room. I said, oh, God, and the Lord spoke to me right after I let that out, out loud in front of all the doctors. You know, when you're, when you're on fire, you don't really give a flip about what it, listen, it's all over. When, when death is on the line, it does not matter. Let your heart be moved to see miracles. Miracles don't happen many times because people don't contend for them. Well, I sat there, oh, God. And the Lord said, son, no. Excuse me. Oh, I started crying. No. I thought, now that doesn't really fit in the framework of my theology right there. And really, I think, I think he'd already gone. I think, already, I think the Lord just took him to heaven. I remember going over to Karen, who was laid out. It was a C-section. She was awake and crying. I remember looking at her saying, oh, he's, he's going to heaven. She said, okay. And she put her hand on his chest as we both sat there watching his heartbeat slow down. I carried that beautiful child back to a back room. Some of you have heard the story before. I wailed in that back room. They put me in a corner. I think they, they knew I might be the wailing type, which is all right. I dropped on my knees with my little baby, and, oh, I should say that before I got to that back room, I, I walked through a sea of intercessors and people that loved me, about 70 of them. They took over the whole waiting room. That floor in Maurer Memorial was shaking from my recollection. There was so much prayer that I walked through a sea of people. Oh, come on, God. Come on. Touch, touch your back. It's baby God. People interceding. 
I never knew how powerful it was to be a part of a church until I went through that. But I knew God's love for me, and I loved the Lord. But it wasn't until that moment that I experienced the power of being part of a family. Oh, when we had so much food hit my house, man, we had to tell people to stop. I, I mean, it's like, go buy another freezer or a fridge. Please stop. No, please. We, don't, we, we can't. We had so much money and cash and gifts and stuff hitting my house that all we could do is weep every time it came. And it was overwhelming as people comforted us and prayed for us. I'm telling this story for somebody. Weeping on my knees in that back room, wailing. There came a moment as I cried before the Lord, holding our child, weeping and crying. There came a moment where the Lord wanted to comfort me, but I wanted to hold on to my pain. Some of you are liking There's an investment you have in the sickness and the bondage that you have. You're invested in it. It's like your identity is almost wound up in the midst of it. And so the part of the unhealed part of me was like, no, no, I don't want your comfort because my baby's dead. Like that wasn't what I was planning, hoping, praying, believing for. I don't even see it in scripture, you know. I'm like, oh, God, son, no, Lord, why? Then I started saying why. Big mistake. The room began to go dark. And it began to go dark, and then it went fully dark. And before you know it, I'm hearing, if you really loved God. He would have done it for you. But you know. You know that weakness you have. You, you know. If God's word was true, then he'd have done it. God's word's not really true. You're actually in some religious thing and you, you're just faking it. And God's not really real. And if you were a really good pastor and you were really faithful in prayer, God would have done it. But God doesn't really love you. I mean, all these, I mean, just attack after attack after attack. Like missiles coming from hell. Firing on me one after another after another after another. And I sat there. I started coming into agreement with those things. And it just got darker and darker and darker. And before you know it, I'm like, Oh, and I realized, wait a second. Oh, no. I was lost and you saved me. I was bound and you delivered me. Oh, God, I don't understand this, but you, Lord, are good. Jesus. And the power of God came down in that room, decimated darkness off of my life. And all of a sudden I could see, it's like I could breathe again. And in comes Pastor Earl Thurner, who preached a message, a close friend of ours over the years. He, he, he looks at me and says, what's going on? I said, he's dead. He says, what? He has a partial hearing problem. And Janice says, the baby's dead. I'll never forget that. And I just gave him my child. And he took that baby and preached a message called the two Daniels because his name was Daniel. And so is mine. And he preached that message until like heaven cracked open and the glory of God poured in that, out in that room. The nurse was standing there weeping, frozen in the corner, unbeknownst to me, but I found out it later. They had a child that died 10 years, almost to the day, in the same room with the same nurse and that lady was crying and what I didn't know I found out this also later that the nurse misfed this child of theirs and the baby choked and end up, ended up having a problem 
and passed away. They say the baby was probably going to die anyway, but through an accident, the baby died a little sooner. And this lady held that grief and guilt all those years. And I just remember not knowing what's going on. I look over and I see Jana, the Pastor Earl's, Pastor Jana, they're laying hands on her and praying with her. And she got saved in that room that day that my son died. And when Earl figured out that she was getting saved, he looks and he says, Oh, it's the ministry of Daniel already. This is awesome. Thank you, God. Oh, thank you. He had to know Earl. He was just a crazy Holy Ghost guy. I don't understand why things don't come out when we're believing for them, but you still believe. And this centurion believed according to your faith. As you have believed, so it shall be done. That's amazing because it challenges us to believe. You have to contend for God's miracles. And when things happen that didn't turn out the way that you were believing, continue to believe until it's over. When it's over, listen, let God sort it out and don't ever ask why. Because you have a finite mind and you don't know why planets don't spin off and crash into each other. You don't, you don't, come on. We, we don't understand lots of stuff. We really don't. The scientists are trying to figure out where the stars, the dying stars go, and they call it black holes. The Isaiah says that he knows all the stars, and, he, and he, he named every one of them, and not one of them is missing. Scientists just think they're missing. They just don't know where they are. You know why? Because he's God. And so in the end, settle it this way. God is good. The devil is. Try it. It's a lot of fun. It's a great revelation. It comes from Bob Rogers all these years ago. The greatest revelation, Bob Rogers said the greatest revelation that he ever had is this. God is good. The devil is. Come on, somebody say amen. Let that rule. Everything that takes place, God's good. He's going to work it for good. He's, he is a definition of good. That what the centurion believed took place. There's some responsibility there for us to believe. Peter's mother-in-law, this same story is told in Luke 4.39. He touches her hand. He touched her hand in verse 15, and the fever left her. Many times with healing and miracles, you'll see that there's a laying on of hands or a touch like the woman with the issue of blood who reached out, who said in her heart, she believed, if I could just touch the hem of his garment. She risked her life, a flow of blood for 12 years. What do you mean she risked her life? Well, with that condition, you couldn't be in public. It was illegal. And if you were in public and you were caught, then you would be killed and stoned. So she risked her life with this flow of blood. She went to all kinds of physicians. Remember, you know, thank God for modern medicine, but understand that they're, they're practicing medicine. They're practicing. The greater one, the King of kings, the Lord of lords, the creator, God Almighty. Listen, he can, he can bring healing. He can bring miracles. My mother, many of you don't know, but she had, two, she had kidney surgery when she gave birth to my oldest brother, John. She lost one of her kidneys. So for all these years of her being saved, she'd believe, God, give me a second kidney. Lord, give me a second kidney. God, you can do a creative miracle. She went, I mean, how many altar calls did she answer? So many. So 
a few years back, she went to go get checked on, and I don't know, sonogram or something. And she was convinced that she got two kidneys. So, the doc, so she said, doctor, there's two kidneys there, right? She, he says, well, not the way it usually is. You have kidneys on either side. He said, no, you have two kidneys, but they're not on either side. They're one over the top of the other. Yeah, you've got two kidneys. That's amazing. Yeah, they just think that's where the kidney should be. The fact is, is that God can put a new organ wherever he wants to put it and make it work. Come on, somebody say amen. She gets healed and gets up and makes them all fried bologna sandwiches. Come on. She serves them. You know she made food. You know she did. She's like, oh, I'm going to cook now. She got healed. The fever left her. Wow. My, my, my. Look at verse 16. When evening had come. Now the reason that many come here now that it's evening is because of the Sabbath. They waited for the Sabbath to finish because they, they didn't think he would heal on the Sabbath. They're trying to obey the law. Yeah. They brought up many who were demon-possessed. If you're here tonight and you feel that you're demon-possessed, you've come to the right place. If you're here tonight and you struggle with torment, tormenting thoughts, maybe you toss and turn at night, maybe you have deep anxiety, it could come because of many reasons. But don't dismiss demonic torment. There is demonic. You know, Jesus never made a fun of somebody having a demonic torment. He never said, oh, you have a demon. Oh. He just set them free. Now, we didn't pass out any bags to barf in. That's what we used to do that in the 70s. They'd pass out these bags that you can barf in. They'd figure if you had, to, if you had a demon, you'd have to puke to get rid of it. I'm just going to tell you, you don't have to puke to get rid of your demon. All you need to do is come and confess and believe. And if you, if you have a demon tonight, you can get rid of it tonight. Why would you, come on, why would you want to spend one more night with the frogs? And demon power is behind many sicknesses. That's why Jesus, when he would rebuke, rebuke a fever, Paul would rebuke. The word rebuke, or in the King James, adjure, is a very violent word. It's a casting out, a removing, a breaking hold. I adjure you in the name of Jesus. He would rebuke fevers. He would rebuke sickness. I like the way the book of Luke talks about that story because Luke is a physician, so he says things a little bit differently than others do. Why don't you turn there? Matthew, Mark, Luke. Go to Luke. Chapter 4. Jesus, never get what you've done for me. Luke 4. And go to verse 30. 38, and he rose from the synagogue, entered Simon's house. That's Peter's house. But Simon's wife's mother was sick of a high fever. Notice how Luke says a high fever. In Matthew's text, it doesn't say a high fever. It just says a fever. And they made a request of him concerning her. And he stood over her and rebuked the fever. And it left her Immediately, immediately she rose and made fried bologna sandwiches. That's my version. 
He rebuked a fever. There are times when in miracles, signs and wonders, there needs to be a rebuking of demon power. And if you feel like you've come here and you have a tormenting spirit or something that torments you, some of you are pressed down in your bed and you see dark figures all around you at night or any other time that you're alone. You'll have fear that comes all over you like a blanket, terrified, feeling like there's something behind you. You know why? Something is. There is demon power. Many times those feelings, those sense of the shadows that go off to the right and the left are demons. You need to take authority over them and kick them flat out of your house. You need to drop kick them in the name of Jesus out of your house. Now, if you have a lifestyle of, of doing that which is wrong, then you've opened up yourself to be manipulated by demons. Jesus healed all who came to him right there, verse 16, back in Matthew. All right, why Jesus heals? Why Jesus heals? He fulfilled what was prophesied concerning the Messiah. Now, you need to go here. Go to Isaiah chapter 53. And verse 4, it reads, Surely he took our pain and bore our suffering. This is 700 years before Jesus ever came into the earth. There's over 300 scriptures that talk about Jesus, the Messiah, would come. Emmanuel, God with us, born of a virgin. Isaiah 53 is the story of the suffering Messiah, this first part here. Surely he took our pain. If you have pain tonight, let him take it. How? By faith. Why? Because he took your pain and my pain. Surely he took our pain and bore our suffering, yet we considered him punished by God and stricken by him and afflicted. But he was pierced for our transgressions, pierced. Jesus hanging on a cross was pierced in the side by the Roman spear, pierced, pierced for our transgressions. He was pierced through his hands and through his feet. The crown of thorns pressed into his scalp. I have one of those crowns. It's big, nasty thorns. They pressed it into his head. You know what that's a picture of? It's a picture of him. He took your mental anguish took your mental torment. I don't know if you've ever experienced that. I have. Mental anguish and torment is absolutely will drive you crazy, literally. Pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was on him. And by his wounds, we are healed. Oh, I'd be amiss if I didn't keep reading. We all, like sheep, verse 6, have gone astray. Each of us have turned to our own way, and the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. He was oppressed and afflicted, yet he did not open his mouth. He was led like a lamb to the slaughter, and as a sheep before its shearers are silent, he did not open his mouth. By oppression and judgment, he was taken away. Yet who of this generation protested? For he was cut off from the land of the living. For the transgression of my people, he was punished. Who's he talking about? He's talking about Jesus. 700 years. What a prophetic word. Verse 9. Who was assigned a grave with the wicked and with the rich in his death. Wow. He hung with two prisoners. 
one on the right, one on the left. And yet after he died, he was put in the rich man's tomb. Though he had done no violence, nor is there any deceit in his mouth, Jesus is the Christ who came to undo all that was done by the first Adam. Sin, sickness, disease, separation from God came because of the disobedience in the garden. In the Garden of Eden. Yet in another garden, by another tree, Jesus began to weep and drops of blood were shed. That was the beginning of your redemption and mine through intercession. Because it's his blood that was shed for us. It was before he was ever turned over in a corrupt trial. It was before a cat of nine tails ever hit his back. Through intercession, sweat like drops of blood fell in the Garden of Eden. It's in, and pardon me, in the Garden of Gethsemane. Isn't it interesting? The first Adam, the Garden of Eden, rebelled. And in the second garden, the Garden of Gethsemane, redemption was brought began there. The sin of the world began to be placed onto him and then he was let out and the whole corrupt trial. And the 39 lashes, the crucifixion. On the same time at Passover, the same time they would kill the lambs. Catch this. The same time the lambs would be killed is when they killed the Lamb of God. The exact same time at Passover fulfilling all the types and shadows of the Old Testament. You'd have to have more faith that Jesus, that Jesus isn't God and the Word of God isn't God's Word. You have to have more faith for that than it does to actually believe that He exists and that God's Word is true. The reason many people don't want to believe that it's real because then you're going to have to make a decision and you're going to have to change your life and learn to live right. But you know, the beautiful thing is is that even if you're not living right, if you'll just come to him the way that you are, with the measure of faith that you are, he'll come and make his home on the inside of you, and he'll wash you and cleanse you from your sin. His throw it as far as the east is from the west. Isaiah says, I might get excited for a second. Isaiah says, though our sins be like scarlet, he'll make them as white as snow. Though our sins be red and crimson, he'll wash them and make them as white as wool. Why does Jesus heal? He's the Christ. Secondly, because he's good and he's the king of kings. He's a loving God. Why wouldn't he heal? Somebody said, oh, no, the Lord's put this disease on me to teach you something. Where would he even get it? Look, the devil is the one that brings disease. The devil is the one that brings death. And even Jesus overcame death. No, Jesus is the king of kings, and when the king of the kingdom shows up, then everything else has got to go. Very simply. Faith is needed. And worship team, would you come please? Leper had, had faith. He came worshiping him. The centurion's faith of having a revelation of God's authority. And the faith of the multitudes. What Jesus did then, he's alive to do today. The Bible says in the book of Hebrews that he's the same yesterday, 
today, forever. In him, there's no shadow of turning. He's the healer. He uses his disciples. His work is seen in the early church and is seen in the church today. Come on, Jesus is the same yesterday, today, forever. Every head bowed, every eye closed, just the keys, please. I started this message with a strong, clear presentation that because of your sin, your wrongdoing, your lies, your stealing, and we've all lied, we've all stolen, we've all taken the Lord's name in vain. All of us have gone astray. All of us have. All of us really deserve death. And if you don't have a revelation of that, well, you just don't have that. When you understand what the holiness of God is and the measure in which is required to have fellowship with Him, Jeffrey Daumler and Mother Teresa are about this far apart. God's holiness is, is totally other than. So Mother Teresa would have still gone to hell had she not received Jesus as her Lord and Savior. I believe she did. She made a declaration and she certainly lived it. Are you telling me that some murdering, foul, angry, stealing, killing person on their deathbed, if they call on the name of Jesus, will be saved? Yeah, that's how big the blood of Jesus is. That's right. So it's nothing for you. It's, it's nothing for you. If you what, what, what's happened in your life, God's been fixed in about 30 seconds. It might have taken you many years to end up in the place that you're in. But in one moment, by faith, by confident assurance that his death and his resurrection was for you, and by believing on him and asking him to forgive you, the, the Bible says in the book of Romans that he was a propitiation for our sin. The word propitiation means to avert the wrath that was headed for one person and bring it to another. The wrath that was headed for my house and yours because of our lying, stealing, cheating, lust, greed, I mean, that's just a few of the Ten Commandments. And in all honesty, you'd say, oh, yes, I've broken those. Yeah, that's right. Unless you want to lie again. Liars go to hell. Close that door for me, please. There really is a place called hell, and it wasn't created for you. And the thing is, is that if we receive him and confess with our mouth and believe in our heart that God raised Jesus from the dead and repent of our sin, he comes to make his abode his home. And the only way he can do that is he has to wipe out your sin. Then he makes his home. The way he wiped out his, your sin and mine is by his blood, by his death. The same way he wiped out your sickness. The same way. By his stripes. You are healed. By his stripes, you are healed. Sickness and poverty, you have no place here. Anxiety, depression, and addiction, you have no place here.
We curse every sickness in Jesus' name. We proclaim the freedom that is found in Christ by the power of the blood over every tormented person here tonight. We proclaim crippling disease, eye problems, hearing problems, deafness, I command you to go. Infirmity, go. Every ailment, you must go tonight. Knee problems, joint problems, we command you in the name of Jesus to go. greatest miracle of all is salvation but even the word salvation sozo it means total healing the new age ripped it off from the bible holistic like God heals you all, all of you holistic healing you ever heard of that yeah it's invented by God so he heals you emotionally he heals you physically he takes your sin away and writes your name in the Lamb's book of life and he comes to make his home on the inside of you. You know why? Because you're not, to, to them that they confess their sins to him. If we confess our sins to him, 1 John 1, 9, if we confess our sins to him, he's faithful and just to forgive us and cleanse us from all, from what? All. I, I've studied a little bit of Greek and Hebrew. All. It means all. To cleanse us from all unrighteousness. 1 John 1, 9. Put it up on the screen if you're able. If you've got your Bible, go find it. Because some of you don't have a revelation of this. 1 John 1, 9. If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just. Just is where we get the word justice. He's just. Why? Because He took your sin. Justice has been served. Listen, if he, didn't, if he didn't pay for your sin, he would have had to apologize to Satan. Justice. Faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unright, from all, purify us from all unrighteousness, which would make us what? Excuse me? See, there's no other way you can come. He can't receive you into heaven when you die if you're not righteous. How are you made righteous? By the blood. You can't come boldly before the throne of God's grace and find help in time of need. You wouldn't even have a prayer life if you didn't, if you didn't want to understand that. You can't have fellowship. One of the reasons this place is so exciting is because there's people who have entered into the revelation that I'm not a sinner anymore. I'm washed by the blood. I'm forgiven. I'm the redeemed. I can boldly come and lift my hands and receive a touch from God. I pray and He hears me. He speaks to me. I'm one of His sheep. I know and hear His voice. Oh, He's right here, right within me and upon me. Oh, how exciting it is to live with you. Clap from the former things now used for noble purposes to be born again to be made a new creature in Christ if you're not right with God do not leave this place tonight without getting right with Jesus don't do it it might be the last time yeah put your phone up I'm talking to you I am be distracted by a video game or some text put it up right now 
people that are addicted to screens and the devil would love for you to stare at that thing and miss what I'm telling you right now. Your life is in shambles, many of you, and God's trying to reach to you through my voice tonight to tell you there's another way. There's the truth. There's the life. There's another way. There's freedom. There's peace. There's joy unspeakable and full of glory. There's healing divine. Relationship with the one who made you. You don't have to live a broken life and broken hearted anymore. You can be free. You don't have to kill yourself to take yourself out of the torment you're in. Somebody else died in your place. You can be freed from mental anguish and from demon power tonight. First step is getting right with Jesus. Do it right now. All across this place, every eye opened and everybody looking around. Why? Because if you're just going to let somebody else keep you in a box, and maybe you're not really sincere about getting right with God. Who really gives a flip about what somebody thinks about you? Statistically, there's only two or three people that like you anyway. I don't think that's true, but... All across this house, those online, you're not right with God, and if you died tonight... You don't know for sure whether you'd make it to heaven. You say, well, I hope so. Dude, you need more than hope. Nobody plans on dying tonight. And yet, even in this house this morning, we had a whole row of 15, 16-year-olds that were grieving because at a party last night, one of their friends was shot in the head. I promise you, nobody planned that. At least that boy, that boy didn't hope to get shot in the head that night. Do you know what I'm talking about? He's dead. Nobody knows when they're going to die. You want to play Russian roulette with your soul? It's a bad idea. I mean, why do you just get rid of it all? Why don't you just come to him tonight? Every heart across this place and those online, if you've never been born again, you have never given your life to Jesus, this is the first step in our miracle service. You've come to receive healing. You've come to receive power of God to heal you of your disease, your pain, your anguish. Good, you're in the right place. Number one, you've got to be born again. Jesus heals aside from being born again to show his power so people would come to him. But in the order of how the Lord's leading me right now, number one, get right with Jesus. You say, that's me, Pastor. I'm not right with God. Whether you received Jesus as your Lord and Savior when you were a boy or a little girl or at some camp, or you never have, you received him at camp and then you drifted away or maybe you've never even heard it as plain and simple as I've brought it to you it is a simple gospel the simple good news Jesus died for you rose again from the grave you're separated from God because of sin if you believe in your heart that he did that that he died on a cross and rose again and you repent he comes into your life and you're restored you're reconciled you're made righteous you say, that's me, Pastor. You want to be included in this prayer? On the count of three, lift your hand. Just lift your hand. One, if that's you. Two, do it right now. Three, go ahead. Lift your hand. God bless you. Lift it up high. Don't be ashamed. Come on, it's okay. We all love Jesus in here. God bless you. 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 Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. Glory to God. All the way in the back, God bless you. Come on, stand up on your feet now. Stand up on your feet. Those online, I know you lifted your hand. God sees your hand. We don't have a two-way screen right now. 
But you pray this prayer just like they are going to. If you raised your hand or you didn't, but you know you need to be included, quickly come to the front right now. Quickly come. Meet me right here. Quickly come. Quick. Leaders. Come on, come, 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 come. Activate the evangelist on the inside of you now, whoever you're standing next to. You talk to him and said, are you right with God? Now, wait, wait, before you do it, are you right with God? And if they'll be like, uh, no, then say, come on, I'll go down with you. And then you bring them down, wait. And if they say, uh, <laughs> yeah, then praise God for your boldness, all right? You ready, set, ask the person on the right and the left. Ready, set, go, do it down. Quickly come, quickly come, you know that's you. Come on, 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 come on to the front. Somebody ought to put their hands together for these that are getting right with God. There's a couple more. There's a couple more. Right now, in the name of Jesus, I bind demon power. I take authority over every lying assignment that would try to keep the blinders on these. And I break your hold in Jesus' name. You know you need to be up here. Come right now. I'm going to wait for you. Come. Come right now. Come on, come. There's a couple more. I know there is. I'm away. Intercessors pray. Come on. All right. Still a couple more. We'll wait. Your heart's beating within your chest. I can't do that. That's the Holy Spirit telling you, you better do it now. You better do it now. He's waiting for you. That's, that's the Lord. He's speaking to you. It's not the power of suggestion. It's the power of the Holy Spirit. Oh, wonderful. Praise God. There's still a couple more. I'm going to wait. Wonderful. Praise the Lord. Still a couple more. Come right. You might not ever hear it like I've given it to you tonight. Glory to God. Praise the Lord. Still a couple more. I'm waiting for you. Me? Yes, you. Get out of your pew. Come to the front. Get out of your chair. Come to the front. Why are you being so insistent? Because this is the meaning of life. To be reconciled with God and to do His will. And the devil would love to keep you in the hellhole that you're in. And I am contending right now for you to be free. Get out of your seat and come to the altar right now. Come right now. You might, listen, I don't know why I'm being so pressed. I don't do this in every service. I break demon power. Now loose them right now in Jesus' name. Come to the front if that's you. Come right now. All right. Hallelujah. There's more. Intercessors praying. Come on, there's a couple more. I'm waiting for you because he loves you that much. Come on. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Couple more. 
15 more seconds and we're going to move on. Don't wait. Don't wait. Seven. Six. Come. Five. Four. Three. Last chance. Two. One. this prayer and in this moment every sin you've ever done will be wiped out and thrown as far as the east is from the west glory thank you for your courage pray this prayer after me right out loud you said I have to do it out loud yes it's your heart you either believe it's your mouth under confession that you're saved do I have to do it out loud yes yes yeah according to scripture yeah you gotta do it out loud with all the sincerity that's within you. Do this. Take a knee if you're able. If you're not able to take a knee, then that's all right. You just stand there. If you're able to take a knee, take a knee. We humble ourselves before you. And pray this prayer right out loud. Say, Dear Heavenly Father, it's okay if you're not able to kneel, then don't, please. It's all right. Say, Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for sending your son Jesus to die for me on a cross and to rise again from the grave. Forgive me of all of my sin. I'm sorry. Come into my life. Come into my heart and wash me now. Cleanse me now. Make me righteous now by your blood. Write my name in the Lamb's book of life. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for hearing my prayer. Say this after me. Say, Lord, I love you. And I'm going to live for you. I ask you tonight to give me a hunger for the word of God. A hunger for fellowship and going to church. And that you would fill me with your Holy Spirit. Each and every day. And that you would break off every lie and every assignment generational curses are broken now by the power of the name of Jesus my name is written in the Lamb's book of life and I will by God's grace fulfill the purpose that you have for me I love you thank you amen Lift your hands to heaven all across this place. Holy Spirit, I pray. Fill. Touch. Release healing right now. Release your healing touch right now. Release your power right now. If you need healing in your body right where you are, just reach up to receive. Pastors, ministers, just begin to lay hands on folks. Right now, be healed. If you've come and you believe you're tormented by something that's demonic, right now, command that thing to go. As I pray, Father, in Jesus' name, break off every demonic tormentor. Sickness go, disease go. Be healed. Be made whole right now in the name of Jesus.
Come on, just continue to talk to God. Show us your glory. Be healed. Show us your glory. Be healed. Be healed right now. Holy Spirit. Show us your glory. Show us your glory. Let every burning heart be holy ground. Show us your glory. Show us your glory. In wonder and surrender we fall down. Show Right now, bow here now. Jesus, you changed everything. Healed, be healed, be free. Now, Jesus, you changed everything. Jesus. We lose the working of miracles right now. Right now. The Lord's healing people's back. If you have a lower back problem, where are you? Lower back pain. Lower back pain, step into the aisles. Lower back pain, just step into the aisles. Lift your hands to Jesus. Where are you? Right there. She needs an usher right now. Father, in Jesus' name. Back. Be healed right now. That's it. Take it. Be healed. Back. Be healed. God's healing backs all over the place. In the name of Jesus, that's it. That's the glory of God, the power of God on you. Be healed. The Lord's healing people. In the name of Jesus. In Jesus' name. That's it. No more pain. That tightness goes. Lord, do a creative miracle. on the Lord Jesus you get healed by believing on the Lord Jesus healing and salvation are purchased at the cross 
feel. Holy Spirit. High blood pressure, low blood pressure. Any kind of heart disease at all, come right here. Where are you? Come. Lift your hands, and as you do, the power of God begins to come on you. In the name of Jesus, Lord, we speak right now. Put your hands on your heart. Two hands. Three, two, one. Fire. Heal. Heal. Come on, Mary. Here we go. In the name of Jesus, we speak, God. You're the healing. Jesus, you're the healer of the brokenhearted. In the name of Jesus, all fear go. We speak to this heart, the irregular beat. The different things that have been happening right there. Come on, Jan, lay hands on her. Right now, in the name of Jesus, be healed. Be healed. Be made whole. In Jesus' name. Like a heart of a 20-year-old, you're going to run your course. You're going to run your race. You'll not be weary. Holy Ghost, do it. Heal. Come on. your voice and worship.
testimony from the baptismal tank there are others that are struggling and confused in that way the Lord made you and created you when you came out of your mother's womb and he's healing you there were things that took place in your home and I'm so sorry about that was not God's will but you're here and you can receive healing right now some of you need to forgive the offender you say they deserve death certainly I agree and death was served on the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ was crucified for that very thing receive healing and wholeness now such a rush that sometimes it's hard let them touch you it's 816 Netflix can wait let them touch you right now let them touch you you don't have to be depressed anymore
the Lord would say to you, my daughter, that I've got a wonderful plan for your life. And the enemy raged around on the right and the left, and you've been through much. You've seen more even that your young eyes should see. But the Lord says, I call you even by name tonight. He doesn't want you to worry or be filled with fear. For know certainly that I've got you in the palm of my hand. And I've heard your cry. And the Lord shows me that there's many, many people that are connected to you. But you've come to this place in your life where you just want God. You want God and you want you know that he's good. The story that you have and the testimony that you will declare will bring deliverance to so many. One of the reasons the enemy fought so hard against you and your family is because he knew that when you would come out the other side, if you would make it, if you would come out the other side, that your voice and the story of God's deliverance and power and freedom and healing, that your story, the story, the testimony would set the captives free. And tonight, in the name of Jesus, I pray over you the richest of God's blessings love of God to come over you. I see him just washing over you like a golden oil just being poured over you. Down your head, onto your, onto your shoulders, washing and cleansing you. I see every part of your life being cleansed by God's love. There were many that did not represent God rightly. Even pastors and people in positions of authority but the Lord put a faith in your heart even when you were a little girl and he's kept you even though you've been through a lot he's kept you and he's brought you at this time for this hour to walk in the blessing and the favor of God you must choose you must choose continue to choose continue to come to church continue to open the word cut yourself free from every relationship that is not of God sever every cord and every tie even though well-meaning people have to make their own choice and I'm going to put your feet on solid ground and I'm going to provide for you financially I'm going to provide for you emotionally you're not going to have to lean on and rely on another I'm going to raise you up says the Lord I'm not only going to heal you I'm going to use you to bring healing Holy Spirit, let your touch come right now. In Jesus' name. Show us your glory. Show us. tonight for healing for marriages right now I'll pray a release of miracle power in marriages on children severed relationships to be healed loose the working of miracles over every household and God I pray now that you would bring revelation to each and every believer here that these signs will follow them that believe 
They will pray with new tongues. They will lay hands on the sick and they shall recover and nothing by any means will harm them. Thank you for the authority. Thank you for dominion. Let us move in the dimension of your power and authority and your love all year long and bring many sons and daughters to glory. I speak again complete healing and wholeness over every mind, every heart, over emotions, over every physical body, over ailments, over pain. In the name of Jesus, be thou made whole. Be healed. One more time, show us. Show us your glory. Show us your glory. In wonder and surrender we fall down. Come on, every voice. Let go of the sorrow. Lift your voice all across this place and sing. Those of you at home. together for Jesus. Now before we dismiss, I just want to encourage you to never forget. <laughs> Come on, let's do it. You ready? You ready? Come on. Here we go. One, two, one, two. Come on, guys. <laughs>
to shine upon you. May he lift up his countenance towards you. May he be gracious to you. And may he give you peace. In Jesus' name, we do have presbytery people that have been trained in the prophetic. If you want prayer, you want a word from the Lord, you need additional prayer, you come and see them. They'll be all up front. We love you. Bless you. We'll see you Wednesday night. Holy Ghost revival Wednesday night. Don't miss it. Glory to God. He's on the throne. The devil has been defeated. Glory to God.